You're listening to The Central Cast, recorded each week in front of a live audience in Glendale, California. Hey everyone, always wonderful to be up here and share some thoughts uh, with everyone here. Um, so, uh, as we, tra- as we transition out of the music today, I have a uh, shocking surprise for you. I want to give you a heads up. We're going into holiday season. You might be talking to loved ones with very different views, and they might say, what did you talk about in church on Sunday? So I want to give you a heads up. What we're going to talk about today is God. Uh, is God. Um, so, no, but a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, Aaron talked to us about the concept of sin and what we think about uh, sin in light of sort of going through our changing beliefs and deconstruction processes that kind of we a lot of us have gone through. And that resonated pretty strongly with me with some uh, books that I've been reading and studies I've been reading recently. And so uh, I wanted to bring a little bit of information to you that I've found really interesting recently about how we view God um, and how our views of God sort of talk about who we are. So it's a little less sermony and going to be a little bit more educational, but we'll we'll jump into it and, and uh, see how it goes. So um, yeah, obviously something we talk about a lot here is the deconstruction experience that we go through. Um, most of us um, have different views than maybe we grew up with or have kind of been processing and thinking a lot about our views as we've uh, gotten older. Uh, I'm like that. So I was raised Catholic um, with all the sort of traditional trappings and stuff of being raised Catholic and the sacraments and that kind of stuff. Um, and I actually went through my deconstruction journey really young as far as uh, in in the grand scheme of people I've talked to. I was about 13 years old. Um, and I, I can really remember vividly sitting in the pews of church, in the pew at church and picturing what God was like to me. Uh, and thinking about who God was. And God was, as a 13-year-old, uh, this right old white guy with a beard, sort of that traditional thing you think of, uh, far off in space, uh, sort of up in the cosmos, looking down on people, um, but fairly uninterested in the day-to-day goings-on of people, just sort of far off in the distance. Um, and Max, if you could go to, or uh, Bob, if you could go to the second picture, actually. Uh, so this... I came across this this week, and this was a pretty accurate depiction of what God looked like to me uh, as a teenager. Um, Sort of an old guy. I love this picture. Uh, Old beard, white guy. But if you look at him, he's he kind of looks like a grandpa to me and he's sitting in a lazy boy and he's just exhausted. He's just tired of everyone's stuff. Everyone's complaining and everything. And I think that that's, that's kind of how I viewed God as a, as a teenager. Um, but this was contrasted from my best friend. My best friend went to uh, one of the largest mega churches in the country outside Chicago. His dad worked there. And on occasion, uh, as a kid, I would go to like youth nights there and stuff like that. And the God that I saw there was so different. Uh, that God was like your best friend, wanted a direct relationship with you, really was going to like talk to you and help you with stuff. And like, it was such a different idea of God, maybe a little more like this, if you can switch the picture, my buddy, God, 
uh, I found this children's book on Amazon. Um, now to me, uh, I know this is supposed to be like my friend, God, this looks almost a little bit more like God's hand is a metaphor for a lightning bolt, making that kid's day really, really bad. Uh, but yeah, my buddy, God sort of hanging out and making the kite fly. And as a kid, I couldn't, I got to a point where I couldn't reconcile these two different images of God. Why would God want to be my friend's buddy, but very distant and sort of cold in my sense. And that caused me to question a lot of different things and sort of start to, to fall apart religiously as I was entering my, my, uh, my teenage years. Um, so the truth is, right, that we all have these kinds of different images of God in our head. I think we, you know, we, we view God, I think traditionally in, in the Western side, we view God as that uh, old man with the beard, but we all kind of see God a little bit different in different ways. And I think how we view God and how we picture God has a really strong impact on our beliefs and on, on what we think about what God is like. So a few years back in 2018, some psychologists at the University of North Carolina, they did a study. And what they did in this study is uh, they interviewed 511 people who self-identified as Christian, and they showed them pictures of faces. And they asked a simple question, which of these two faces looks more like God? And so what they did is they started with, you can go to the next picture here, Bob. Uh, oh, well, that's the old white guy with the beard. I forgot about that one. The one after this, the one of the face. That one. So they started with this picture. So this is a computer rendering of what the average American face looks like. And so you can see it's it's fuzzy. It's a little bit sort of like gender neutral, a little ambiguous gender wise. Uh, it is worth noting that, at least to me, this is a this is a white face. This is a Caucasian face. And when you do these kind of studies, this does have an impact on what the final result is a little bit. But at least as far as uh, a computer compilation of what the average American looks like. This is sort of it. So they started with this and then they run it through a computer program that distorts it. It adds all this different noise to it in all these different ways. And if we look at the next picture, you end up with these pictures on the bottom, a lots of different distortion and noise. And that gives us different types of features on the face. Sometimes the nose looks a little smaller, a little larger. The facial expression is different. The eyes change a little bit. The person on the right almost looks like they have a mustache to me. Um, but what, the, what you do in these types of studies is you show two of these faces and you ask the question, in this case, which one looks more like God? And then you get an answer. And then you show the next face and you ask the question again and again and again and again. And eventually you get sort of a bunch of decisions on what faces people think look like God. And then you compile those together and you get an overall compilation of the face of what people answered. And then you also get what did people not choose at all? Um, and what you end up with in this study is this picture here, the next picture, um, this one. So the face on the left is sort of the general compilation of what people answered in this question. And the face on the right is the opposite, is what people didn't choose at all. Now, the face on the left, I don't know to you, but this looks sort of like just a nondescript, happy man. I guess, white man to me. Uh, I did see one article that said it looked like Elon Musk. There's a whole thing to unpack there. Uh, so we're not going to go, that's a whole different sermon. Uh, but 
of course, this isn't what people think God actually looks like. Uh, this study was there to understand uh, correlating how people view the world and how people psychologically think about the uh, about themselves and the world, and then how they answered this question. And what you find is that there is a really, really strong egocentric bias in this, which is that people tend to choose pictures that look more like themselves. Um, if you are younger, uh, sort of in contrast to the fact that we tend to think of God as the old guy, if you're younger, people tended to choose faces that they perceived as being younger. If you're white, you tend to choose faces that are more white. If you're male, you tend to choose faces that are more male. There's a strong bias to sort of think of God, whether or not you realize it, as somebody who looks more like you and somebody who, uh, or at least looks more like sort of an idealized version of maybe how you view yourself. And this isn't particularly new in any stretch of the work, in any, in any stretch at all. Uh, there's a Greek philosopher, Xenophanes, who wrote, if cattle or horses or lions had hands and could draw or sculpt like humans, then the horses would draw their God as horses and the cattle would draw their God as cattle. God in a psychological sense is maybe a representation of, yeah, that, that mirror, that idealized version of ourselves. And so, so this is sort of a view internally of how we view God. But let's talk a little bit then about what God is like and the personality of God or the qualities of God. Um, and for that, there's a different study that happened where uh, this would happen about a decade ago. Some sociologists did a whole bunch of surveys of surveying thousands of people and then did follow-up interviews with people. And they asked them a whole like 400 different questions to try to understand what Americans believe about God. What are the most commonly held beliefs across America? And for this, and, and uh, sort of for this study, what they did is they tried to draw God with as broad of a brush as possible. So when you're talking about belief in God, you can sort of substitute that word God for any sort of divine, higher power, you know, energy thing that you can imagine in the country. So they tried to draw this faith or spirituality as broad as possible to understand across all religions, across all beliefs, what do people think about the divine? What they found, first of all, was kind of interesting, which was that 95% of people that they studied, uh, that they surveyed, had some sort of belief in some sort of divine concept or being, which was a lot higher than they were expecting. Only 5% of people, after going through the, the questionnaire and stuff, actually were they found to have no belief at all, to be sort of true atheists without any sort of concept. And we're talking even, you know, a little bit of sort of karmic viewpoint of, oh, I think what, what, you know, what you do will come back to you. Like those types of views, um, only 5% of people really had no belief whatsoever. But beyond that, um, even more so than that, uh, what they found is that across the vast view of, of belief that we have in this country, all the different religions, all the different spiritualities, that there were two questions that they asked that were sort of yes or no type of questions. And that those two questions really defined for the majority of people, a difference in who God is. So they found that there's four ways of viewing 
God generally. And it, it sort of created this quadrant. So Bob, if you could go to the next image here, these are the, what they call the four gods of America. Authoritative, benevolent, critical, and distant. And across all belief, 95% of people, these are sort of the four gods that everybody is sort of funneled into. So we'll talk just briefly about each of these. So the authoritative god, about 34% of Americans believe in what would be the authoritative god. That's the largest segment. Uh, this is a God who is engaged in the world and actively judging people. Um, this is a God who uh, they, they view God as a judge who's yeah, active in the world, punishing people when they do something wrong, rewarding people when they do something good, sort of the cosmic father figure or judge, you know, in, in, uh, in the world. Believers in this God believe that you can know with absolute certainty what God wants, what God is like, and how to please God or, or how to get God's wrath sort of one way or the other. So you can imagine people in this sort of like, God is somebody who allows bad things to happen or causes bad things to happen, maybe a wake-up call on a personal level or a natural disaster, like those types of viewpoints that you tend to often hear, I think, from a lot of people who are uh, uh, religious. They also view God as loving and compassionate, but only in the side that you're doing things that sort of are pleasing to God. So the next view on the right there, the benevolent view. So this is about 24% of people. Now, these are people who view God as overwhelmingly loving and compassionate, not judgmental. But um, God is engaged with people, but not in a judgmental way. Uh, while someone who believes in the authoritative God believes that God caused a bad thing to happen or allowed it to happen, somebody here wouldn't see it that way. They would more see God as uh, loving, constantly forgiving, consoling. God maybe has morals and standards that uh, they want you to hold up to or want you to, to sort of follow, but not punishing when you don't, more like nudging you in the right direction to sort of do the right things. Um, maybe in the presence of a tragedy, these are people who would see God as uh, in the midst of the disaster, as inspiring people or helping people or saving people or consoling people, um, that kind of thing. The third view here is the critical God. So the, the critical God, people who believe that would view that a God as um, God is judging us, but whether or not you do good things or bad things, that would happen in the next life. So um, to me, when I read this, this was almost like God's Santa Claus, like making a list, checking it twice, seeing if you're good or bad. But then after, in the afterlife, that's where things are going to show up. You're going to, that's going to sort of either determine where you go or what's going to happen to you or that kind of thing, whether or not you've been good or bad. And that's only about 16% of people tend to view God that way. Um, judging creation not active in changing things today. And then the last view is the distant God. And this is a larger percentage, it's about 24% of people. And these are people who view God as um, unconnected, sort of unengaged with uh, creation and uh, not judging or sort of indifferent. Um, so this could be a viewpoint that's maybe like God created things and set things into motion and then has sort of stepped back and we move on our own, or um, God is just uh, someplace else, 
often people I think who are more agnostic or more generally spiritual fall into this space. People who answered things like when I view a mountain, that's how I see God. Or when I view a rainbow, that's where I see the divine. That's kind of this. It's sort of not actively doing something in the world, but just sort of present around and, uh, and not sort of judging one way or the other. So these are sort of these four general views that, that we have as Americans. It's a little bit heady, but you might've picked up when I was defining these, but the, like I said, there's two questions in here that really define this. And those two questions across everything, they asked like 400 questions and the two questions that actually stood out as the most important are to what extent does God interact with the world around you? And to what extent does God judge the world? So we can draw this then in a quadrant of God being judgmental and engaged with the world, non-judgmental, but also engaged with the world, judgmental, but disengaged with the world, and then sort of that uh, distant, non-judgmental and totally disengaged with the world around us. And across all beliefs, these do tend to fall if you, if you think about the, the largest religions in the country. So sort of Catholicism, Judaism, Protestantism, Buddhism, this sort of falls into uh, general views of, of the divine. But um, yeah, this is how Americans view God. And I mean, there's certainly more that comes up around this. This is super reductionistic. There's a lot about whether or not God is, uh, how God interacts with people or, or what that looks like or whether God's inside of time, does God know everything? Like we hear those types of things in church a lot, right? Is God omnipotent and omnipresent and those types of things. But generally when you ask all these questions, these are the things that actually become important is how people view how God judges people and how God interacts with creation. So, I mean, what is the, this is all just some data. How do we make sense of this? What does this actually mean? I think for many of us, these ideas probably don't come as that big of a surprise. The idea that most people, 34% of people, um, view God as a judgmental parent, that sort of lines up with a lot of what we see in the media and the news and when we hear people talk and that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's maybe even less surprising when you hear that um, that view, that sort of judgmental uh, parental figure view, and that picture of the composite of who God is, is most widely held by white men in the country. Like that sort of maybe lines up when you do the study, uh, women tend to view God a little bit more benevolent, benevolently, wow, um, a little bit more loving and peaceful and that kind of thing. Um, people who are higher educated tend to fall a little bit more into that last view of viewing God a little more broadly and just sort of distant as this sort of concept that doesn't actually interact. Um, so sociologists, anthropologists, people like that talk about this idea that humans try to make sense of the competing and contradictory aspects of the world by embracing or creating narratives. Uh, one recent sociologist, Christian Smith, talked about um, we every bit as much as primitive or traditional ancestors are animals who most fundamentally understand what reality is, who we are, and how we ought to live 
by locating ourselves within larger narratives and meta-narratives that we hear and that we tell. These constitute for us what is real and significant in the world. When Americans tell stories, by and large, the stories that we tell have something to do with God, with the divine, and how that, and that's how we're still making sense of the world. It's something very, this was sort of, at least for me, a little bit of a, a revelation, because I tended to think of people a long time ago as thinking about that, as trying to understand where the lightning came from or, or how, the, how nature changed throughout the year. And we're sort of telling stories about gods that way. But by and large, it's still how we're making sense of the world. God is this, in one sense, maybe a, a, at a base level, a metaphorical narrative for how we view the world and our relationship with the world and the world's relationship with us. Now, this over the last couple of months in my life has had a really oddly strong impact on how I view other people and how I view the way that I'm interacting with other people's beliefs, especially when I'm when things like the election have come up and I've been interacting with people. This has somehow shifted my perspective uh, just a little bit. I think in most cases, when we if, if we were to go up to people, you know, I think we we tend to be people here, especially here at Central, who enjoy thinking about things a little bit deeper or talking about like ideas of transcendence or maybe philosophy. But if you talk to most people and you were to say to them like, hey, what, what are your philosophical views? You know, how do you view moral judgment in the world? You might get sort of a glazed over reaction from them. But in reality, we can ask people about what they view in God, about, uh, about God. Most people we now now believe in some sort of the divine. And when you ask them to describe that, they speak very plainly and they describe in reality what their deepest moral and philosophical assumptions are with the world. Essentially, God is sort of that, maybe that supreme voice in their heads that's defining the world around them. And knowing a person's image of God can provide us with an opportunity to understand their intimate, moral, introspective conversations they have, what's important to them, what they're afraid of, what they want for themselves, what they want for the world around them, and that kind of stuff. And these two questions, just these very two questions, can have a huge impact on how we understand the people around us. So what's more is... And this is, I don't think, again, not going to come as much of a surprise, but researchers found that people, uh, how you were raised has a huge impact on how you view God in the future. So people who had authoritative parents tend to view uh, God as more authoritative. Um, people who were spanked as children, um, that has a critical factor in how you viewed God growing up as judging or punishing or distant or engaged in the world. There's a strong correlation. Even if people's sort of viewpoints socially change, um, there, it, there was still a strong correlation in how they viewed the divine. Our God of childhood is this, is this critical factor in who we become. And we might change our image of God as we get older, but these things still sort of linger on. So I think one way, one thing that I'm always trying to do in the research I do and how I'm thinking is I'm always trying to think about what's happening when we're deconstructing. What's happening when we're, when our changes in view and belief about the divine are occurring within us, what is actually going on? 
and I think one thing that's happening here is well, it's not just that we're deciding whether or not we still believe in God, but we're changing our views socially, right? We're changing our views critically. We're rethinking how we interpret the world, how the world interprets us, how we interact with others, how we interact with nature. And as such, our image of God changes on these continuums and other questions that maybe are a little bit less uh, as clear as just these four views. But I know for me, growing up, God was critical. God was that judge on a far. That was sort of my Catholic upbringing. Was God was this judge on a far that wasn't as much interacting with the world, but was gonna. But certainly, the things you did were gonna have an impact. What happened in the future? And as I've gotten older, well, the my views have sort of shifted away from that, and God has changed in His personality. And it's almost like I feel like often when I'm talking to people. And we're talking about God, like we're talking about two different people with the same first name, but different last names. Uh, so like, we're both talking about George and then you're like, yeah, he's like such a big Lakers fan. And I'm like, ah, that, nope, that's not the George I know, you know? Yeah. You know, he's got that Brown long hair and I'm like, no, no, he's bald. Right. And then you come to find out you're just talking about two different Georges. Uh, and maybe on the most reductionistic level, you have four people with the same first name and very different last names. Um, that suddenly when we're in interactions, when you start to understand the person, when, oh, when you're talking about God, I can kind of understand the person that you're talking about a little bit differently and how that affects how you are in thinking about the world and interacting and what you're afraid of and what you're thinking about. That's at least for me, given me recently a lot more compassion for people who previously I was like, how could you even think that that's so wild or, or. I, you know, completely despise your beliefs. Um, yeah, so I think as we're going through the next few weeks, the next few months, and we're in these conversations, at least this is something I'm hoping to bring with me uh, when I travel back home and I'm around family members who, uh, who have these different views, to just remind myself that the, the person that they're talking about not only is maybe a different person slightly than I'm talking about, or not person, right, the concept, the divine concept that they're talking about, but also that it is a reflection of their upbringing. It's a reflection of how they view themselves. It's a reflection of how the world, how they view the world and how they think the world views them, of what they want in the world, what their fears are. And uh, I'm trying to bring a little bit more compassion into those interactions for um, other people's fears and upbringing, where often I think in my own deconstruction, at least, it's very easy for me to be like, oh, why don't you just change what you view? Oh, come on. Like, how could you still think that we're over here now? Um, but this at least is something I'm trying to, uh, to bring into those interactions as well. Yeah, so I'd ask you, so what do you think? Across this spectrum, who was God to you growing up? What was God like when you were younger or before your deconstruction or whatever. And then sort of maybe where do you line now or, or how does this uh, strike you as a concept of the divine uh, today? Um, any thoughts? Open this up for discussion. I'll get things going. Um, I think I would have definitely have grown up as the authoritative God. God is in control of all things. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm
omnipotence, <laughs> omni, all the omnis. All the omnis. Got it. Thank you. And then, you know, in, in adulthood, I think, you know, I've shifted over to the benevolent God, you know, God, God is love and just mm -hmm. like fixated on the love of God and been moved by that. But I, you were talking and it reminds me of like, I appreciate what you said about just having compassion for those who still see God a different way and starting with that. Cause I'm also like, no, the God of love is so much better than the other God. Why don't you just come on over here? Like it just makes life so much easier if you just really believe that God is love. But we, I was just a couple of days ago having a conversation with my wife and sister-in-law and the question came up, what do you think God looks like? What do you think Jesus, not God, but Jesus looked like? And I, and it was a, an aha, like, whoa, because my sister-in-law was like, I think he was, he, he glowed. Like he was like beautiful. And I was like, well, and Isaiah says that there's nothing about us to attract him to him. Like, mm -hmm. and she's like, no, I just think because he's divine, there'd be something so magnetic about him that people would want to be around him. And, and I realized like, I focus on his humanness. I don't, when I think of Jesus, I don't think. I don't meditate on his divinity as much as I do on his humanity. And that's how I connect with them. And I'm like, no, I don't think you would have been that attractive of a person. I think you'd be so overwhelmed by his love and compassion for people that that's what you would find attractive. And it was, it was pretty, it was, you know, our conversation didn't end with like, you need to believe what I, but it was a reminder of just where people are. And when we're talking even about Jesus Christ, we're talking about, George, like yep. it for some people, they just look so different and they experience him so differently. Yep. And, um, anyway, that's all I have to that contribute to the conversation. You may have come across this, but there's a, a popular science or popular mechanics article from like 10 years ago where they, um, uh, some people took what we sort of know about Jesus from scripture as somebody who was like worked with their hands, was a stonemason or a carpenter, you know, one of these, and then what kind of the average person would have looked like, average male would have looked like in that area, right, in Jerusalem back in this time, and they created this digital image of what they think Jesus might have actually looked like, and it's wild to see, in a totally different talk, but he's like, portly he's very like muscular, he's got this short, really curly hair, it's the exact opposite of the like, you know, the, the Fabio sort of white, straight haired, thin Jesus that we often see, um, but very much human, very much not glowing, yeah. not divine. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts? How, how has your, how has your belief system changed or how is your view of who God, who was God for you as a kid growing up um, or today or anything like that? Any other thoughts, ideas, questions? I think I might've shared this when we had our book club, but um Rip Torn's Zeus from Hercules, the mm. Disney film, was definitely uh, who I kind of saw as God for a while. And he's kind of a buffoon, like he's kind of a dumb jock. Um, so I think like there was kind of, I think even as a kid, um, a notion of like an absurdity to life and like how how could God be a super like computer of a being if like life is so ridiculous so often so I guess this like notion of like ripped horn like just this <laughs> like total buffoon of a dude um has kind of I don't know I feel like sometimes it's fun to inject a sense of humor um I think sometimes it helps me to think in humorous terms of like 
I don't know, seeing like a cute puppy and being like, maybe God's in that puppy. Like, you know, like it's not just, just like God's in the thunder clouds and God's in Everest, which is cool to contemplate, but just the idea of like, what if God is that Corgi puppy? And what if God is a little bit like ripped horns, <laughs> Zeus? Oh, um, yeah. I had my first version of this. I had a bunch of images of, of God throughout media, um, including like Charlton Heston and stuff like that. But there are some recent ones, right? Alanis Morissette from Dogma. Um, of course God. uh you know of course the the biggest one being morgan freeman from from bruce almighty maybe like a great definitive view of both funny and compassionate and uh but yeah i think i didn't think riptorn from as zeus that's 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 neat i like that um i was just gonna say a, a lot of this um for me is connected very deeply to the interpretation of the Trinity. Cause I was just thinking like, like in what you were taught about it. Cause I was just thinking about in my spiritual growth, like how, how different it became uh, like the controversial at the time and the shack, right? Like I think I'm probably outside of the Octavia Spencer in the film. Uh, what'd you say octavia spencer plays god in the film version oh of right yeah, yeah. I, I i don't think i actually saw the film but yeah um exactly right so it's like this and the whole point for if for anyone who missed the entire w- <laughs> uh cultural phenomenon of the shack is like this story and this allegory where where god the father quote unquote is a black woman who's very nurturing and warm and right and uh, God as the Holy Spirit is this fun, I mean, I don't know if fun's the right word, but young and energetic and uh, has this warm lovingness. And then there's this, car- I think it's like carpenter son, right? Who's who's just very um, focused on doing the work and putting in the time. And anyway, it's just like these different sort of concepts because at least for me, like I think I relate very much to to these sort of views. And then also a part of my memory is like, until I started like learning about the Trinity and then being like, wait, what does it mean for God to be three in one? Right. And, and, and encapsulate all of these things at the same time. And I think that's where my brain broke as a, as a teenager when it came to the God of like, I don't, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there is like a definitely different steps of progression. Yeah. Yeah. I find, you know, uh, the Trinity is a whole nother right conversation. we can have. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I have found that how, how I think about things like just sort of wrapping up here. Yeah. How I used to think, I think I used to look at people and not be able to understand why their image of God was so different from mine. Um, I mean, both as a kid, but also like my best friend who lives back in Detroit, who's a a staunch atheist. uh, He'll talk about why he's an atheist and we'll have these conversations and he'll describe this. Well, I can't believe in in God who's like this and I can't, and God is this way and God is so judging and and like hates these people and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't either. What's the problem? Like just change your view on God. You know, like that's not, maybe that's just not who God is. Okay. but as I've started to think about that, 
as a reflection of who we are psychologically and a reflection of how we're viewing ourselves in the world, it, it, the view of God sort of used to proceed, used to come first. And I think more and more, it's the view of ourselves and the world that comes first and then our view of God follows. Anyway, one thing I have, if anybody is interested, because I'm just, I'm also just a psych nerd, um, but these are the, I have a bunch of these. These are the questions that the, um, the sociologists asked about these two topics. Uh, it's just front and back. And if you want to do a little survey for yourself or how you thought about God growing up or how other people may be asking, you can say like, oh, how would somebody else ask this or answer these questions? It's four questions with a bunch of words like, how well do you feel each of the following describes God, loving, caring, punishing, severe. And you can answer these questions. And at the end, there's, you, you add up your total and you end up, Bob, if you could just go to the last picture, uh, basically based on how you answer the questions, it'll kind of tell you how people, how based on just these two, four questions, two concepts, four questions, how people tend to view God around you or how you view God yourself. So I have got a bunch of these. And if you want to uh, take one, you're welcome to it. Um, anyway, thank you uh, for being here. I really appreciate it. I always appreciate sharing. Guys, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.